Today, I'm going to be interviewing my friend Michael Cranshaw all the way from Loma Linda, California. Today, Michael and I are going to be talking about the special needs community, being involved in the church world, and how Jesus Christ believers can be of help to them, of service to them, by loving them to life and including them. With that being said, Michael and I also talked about different subjects out there, one of them being a little bit controversial in today's society. With that being said, we want to just share that we love all people and support all people out there no matter who you are, and we highly encourage all people to know that God so loved them and wants to have a relationship with them. So with that being said, let's go to our podcast, Whole Creations, let's go. You are now watching Whole Creations. Hey everybody, welcome back to Whole Creations. I'm your host, Ryan Odman, and this is my friend, Michael Cranshaw. Hey, how you guys doing? Today we're going to be talking about the special needs community, learning to socialize with people in regards to the church, because it can be a horrendous thing learning to socialize with other people in church settings. Whether you're higher functioning or you are more severely special needs regarding autistic or whatever it can be a challenge even for all people of whether your special needs or not it can be a hard thing of learning to socialize in the church world it can be it can be it could be known as a loving place but at the same time you always have that thought am i being judged for this am i actually gonna be accepted for who i am in this social circle so today michael and i we have experiences we have backgrounds michael is not autistic but i have been known to be someone that was known to have autism but by the grace of jesus christ i was healed and so we have backgrounds where we have had some interesting successes learning to socialize in the church world and we've also had our failures of learning to walk and socialize in the church world so today, I'm going to ask Michael some questions on how we can, uh, how, what we've learned, and how we can socialize in the church world. Make sense, Michael? Sounds good. Why, Michael, is it important for us as Christians, whether we're special needs or not special needs, why is it important as us as Christians to know how to socialize with other Christians? Uh, well, first and foremost, it opens up the possibility of, uh, of friendship, relationship, everything, from just the common point of you're both Christian. Now that, and that's really dead. Uh, really matters on what church you're in. Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of different denominations out there. There's a lot of different understandings of how the world works and how everything works. Really, um, it's important because if you okay, let's let's say. You're a new guy. You're, you're just moved into a new area, and you're looking for a home church. So you want community. You want someone around you, but you're here to grow and build a new life that God's called you to live and grow. Right. So that, that by itself is a simple explanation of why it's important. Because if you find a church home, then you're home. If you find where God has you to be, then that's where God has you to be. It doesn't get any simpler. It doesn't get any more complicated than that. 
Now, we as humans, we can make that complicated by bringing in our own idea of what it should look like rather than relying on God. So I would say the whole point is when a person has encountered God and knowing his love and acceptance for them and they're being transformed, there comes this this idea that, hey, like if I'm already loved by God and accepted by God, then who cares what the world thinks about me? But it's not always like that. It's not always from A to Z like that. There are situations, um, struggles that we go through. God clearly states in the Bible to be loved by me is to be hated by the world. Mm. You know, that's point blank. It's like, well, you're loved by God. So therefore, the world already hates you because the world hates God. Again, that's the world as a whole. Right. Yeah, individuals were Christians, and well, some people don't act like how society thinks Christians should act. Mm. So that's a different realm, different area. Right. But again, that's why it's good to you know dig in to be that iron that sharpens that iron, right? So that we can actually mold, not just mold one another, but be molded by God, and to be able to be a good. you know, it would just be a good whetstone to the sword next to you. So another thing that you also shared is sometimes we have our own ideas of how it should look like. That's, that can create anxiety. Uh, Absolutely. But the thing is, if you learn to lay that agenda down and just say, all right, here I am. I'm showing up. Whatever happens, happens. Um, yeah. I can even give you an example right now. I'm <laughs> Okay. I'm going to use his name because I, I know he probably doesn't remember this and he's going to laugh if he sees this. Michael Witherspoon. There was a time where when I went to young adult church service at the rock where, um, let's see, I need a prayer for something. I was trying to create a speech for Toastmasters and, <laughs> and I, like, I, I was like, I need this prayer. I need this prayer. So we're in the prayer circle. Uh, for all you that don't know what a prayer circle is, it's just a place where <laughs> where like everyone comes gathering around together and they're learning to pray for one another. Some people are like, I need prayer for something. Or some people are like, I can go ahead and pray for somebody. So I was one of those people that needed prayer really badly about this speech that was coming up. And when came, when it came time um, to ask for prayer, I was like, I need prayer. And then Michael Witherspoon said he needed prayer for something as well. Um, So somebody asked, and I was already raising my hand for prayer. Somebody asked, would you like to pray for him? So I raised my hand thinking that I was going to get prayed for, for my own situation. But then, but then I was actually raising my hand unknowingly saying, yeah, I'll pray for Michael, Michael Witherspoon. And then they're like, all right, Ryan will pray for Michael Witherspoon. And then I was like, wait, no. And then everyone just like paused and, (laughs) They, and there was this anxiety like, oh, man, I messed up in this social circle when it really wasn't that big of a deal. Sometimes we exaggerate situations in our mind more than they need to be. It was just a form of miscommunication. Yeah, and that's all that I was. I actually vaguely remember that instant. Really? Um, and it was like everyone was rattling off really quickly all at the same time. You and I had already spoken previously because I knew about that speech you're, you're getting and you were really more twisted up about like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, da-da-da. 
And unfortunately, the other prayer requests that were kind of thrown around, I was like, it was my thought at the time because I didn't, I had other conversations. Right. Um, but then it got thrown at you like, oh, wait, you don't want to pray for him? It's like, no, there was just some miscommunication on what we were raising our hand for. Right. <laughs> you know, very, very simple. And from, as I recall, you almost got completely blown over um, without prayer. And I, and I actually had to throw in, no, the way it was all moving so fast, it was actually Ryan raising his hand because he also needed prayer. Right. Not he was volunteering to prayer. Right. So that's encouragement to everyone out there. We all go through those weird, yeah, I'm going to use the word weird, weird social situations that kind of throw us off. So for those of you out there that social with social anxiety, that suffer from social anxiety, I just want to encourage you, don't let that throw you off. Everyone's been out there. The thing about, about anxiety is you think you're alone, especially social anxiety is you think you're alone. You are not alone, my friend. God is right there with you. And there's other brothers and sisters that are right alongside you that have gone through something similar that you have gone through. So don't feel like you're alone. Be encouraged. God is giving you the power to not be socially anxious, but socially gracious. Ooh, I got it. I got to drink up to coffee for that one. Ooh, socially gracious. So. Yeah, with your Mother's Day mug. Yes, that's right. All people are listening on the audio lens. I am drinking a Mother's Day cup. Shout out to my mama. (laughs) That goes to the next one. The next question. How do you handle situations where things get miscommunicated? Even though we just technically... Let's go deeper in that. Uh, That's honestly more of a challenging one because it's all uh, based on the situation. Because... Like, in a lot of cases, like you and I, we both had situations where we didn't realize we miscommunicated. Because mm. in our mind, what we said or what we were talking about was perfectly reasonable. Right. Perfectly reasonable. Everyone should understand it. Common knowledge. Whatever you want to call it. However, there's a miscommunication in the in the world right now we see in, uh, I'm going to say news the identity uh, or the definition of conservation and liberty right uh conservation as some of you know is to maintain maintain a status quo maintain order and where you are uh liberation is a disruption of what has been established order now liberation could be uh getting yourself free of something or the situation Uh, But unfortunately, it has been twisted. That term has been twisted in the modern parlance to mean um, freedom from God, essentially. Uh, From from my own understanding of the liberal side of discussions, it has become, it has been turned into freedom from God rather than freedom in God. Hmm. Um, while on the conservative side, it has not changed. The definition has simply been polished and turned into something of, oh, that's an old idea. We got to get rid of the old thing. That's how it's treated. I want to go back a little bit into what you were saying about the liberation and 
freedom from God or freedom in freedom with something like that. You see how like just one word can change the whole meaning of whole context of something. So it is very important that we be careful with our, with, with what we're typing or what we're writing out there. Oh man, bro. There's some times where I'll type something on, on a Instagram or Facebook post, And then a few weeks later, as I go back to look at that post, I realize, holy crap, I wrote the wrong word. And if I just changed this one word, it would have changed the whole meaning. And because it's so, it is important that when we put something out there, this is for all you people out there that are on social media or have a a heart for social media, be very careful how you use your words. And this is big for me too. I love to post things to encourage people, but sometimes I'll say things or I'll post things and I'm like, holy crap, I should have not said that. Now, you, shouldn't self, you should not self-condemn yourself. Just see for what it is. Don't exaggerate it and just move forward. God will redeem it. God will redeem our mistakes um, in any area of influence that you have. So just And if necessary, there is a delete option. <laughs> there, or, yeah. Okay. I, there's some things... I've, I've gone through my own uh, Facebook memories, and oh my god. Oh, Mm-mm. Facebook memories. Woo! Mm-mm. Something. Woo! Wow. All you people out there, be careful what you post out there, and just just remember, that's all. Uh, well, well, also, that in that way, it's... Actually, we can take that into this conversation. All right, let's go. That's what I was communicating then. That's how I felt then. That's how I saw the world then. Mm. You know, like different things that were frustrating me and different things that I'm like, oh God, who was that guy? That I just cringe and I'm like, oh, it actually came out of these fingers onto a keyboard. That, now it's out for the world to see. Yeah. Well, I was an idiot back then. <laughs> and in some cases, I'm an idiot still. But, uh, hang on, but an idiot then was a different kind of idiot. Today's idiot is a different kind of idiot. All right, all right. <laughs> because, again, the definition of words has changed. The understanding of words has changed in a lot of ways. Um, the original term for gay used to mean happy, happy, joyous, full of life, full of admiration and uh, jo- joyousness. Mm. Now, depending on how you look at it, what you see, and who you're around, and what you've influenced in your life, mm-hmm. it literally means the degradation of society. Mm. Because we have seen gay rights. We've seen we're at the very last day of gay pride month right now or pride month however you want to look at it but again that by itself gay pride that's counter to god why would you have pride in something that they have said themselves they cannot control so they can't control it. why why have pride in it you have no choice in it um however that by a biblical definition those desires those yearnings for someone of the same gender or a confusion of who you are inside that's a spiritual matter Mm. so again 
the word has changed. The word meant something joyous and something to be celebrated. Now it means a fight. It essentially comes down to a fight, a fight for our souls and in a larger sense, our society. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a miscommunication of a word, a right. simple, literally a three letter word. Um, yeah, but again, words do have power, as you said. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's something that's on my mind quite often as I see our society well, devolving. Yeah. It's important that when, when it comes to miscommunication in church settings that we bring it out, that we learn to, that we learn to talk it out, have common ground. But yeah. it all has to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit in impregnating in us this this larger love for humanity that can change our whole influence, our whole atmosphere. And so within the special needs community, learning to socialize in the church realm, I really want to focus on that through encountering God first, through encountering God. What does it mean to encounter God? It just means talking to him, talking to him like a father who can change everything. So any person out there that has been having a hard time with socializing, that's had a hard time learning to look at themselves in a better way. I want to encourage you go and seek God, have fun with God, no matter what, just go and seek God. And you'll see that he'll change your whole perspective of who you are on the inside out. And you can't look at yourself the same way because when you look at yourself through through this, the lens of that you're a son or a daughter in Christ, you're able to go ahead and socialize with other people. And if some people don't like you in your in your church setting, that's on them. They're missing out on the great gift that God placed inside of you. But also, oh, this is another one. It's also important to not play the victim, but to take responsibility if you have done anything wrong. I really yeah. want to encourage somebody out there. If you real, if you really think that it's all the church's fault and you don't realize, okay, where did I go wrong? What could I do better? Because we all, Hey, we all have a part to play. It's not all. I've heard so many stories out there about how the church did this to me. The church did this to me, but it's like, okay, where can you take responsibility at? Where can I take responsibility? At? I, I've done some things too, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not pointing the finger I'm, I got three fingers back at me. It's important that we as a society learn to take initiative and take responsibility. For those of you out there that had a hard time learning to socialize in the church realm, um, people with autism or not, I really want to encourage you, take responsibility. Talk to God about it. Be real with him. Say, hey, God, I really need your help in this. I really need your help. I'm taking responsibility over how... I may have hurt this person instead of me focusing on how this person may have made me feel bad or something. Oh yeah. And actually bring it up. We, I, you have both been both sides of that situation. Oh yeah. And we've even, um, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to put the name out, but you and I both know the same guy. We had a lot of encounters with him, a lot of experiences with him. Um, there were time, And for, unfortunately for a time, we, indulged him in that pity party of his you know we just came alongside and we tried to encourage him we did our best 
with them. Um, and I know on your side, I found out later that you were still interacting with them. And that was, I had to deal with that on my own. <laughs> um, but he did play the victim card and he played it well. And I even pointed out, cause I'd seen so much in the past from other individuals when they play that pity card, it's a very powerful card, but it's also an extremely weak card that honestly should be thrown in the boneyard or the discard pile. Right. Um, and that's like, everyone's got their pity card. Everyone's got their, I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that. Yeah. Well, that's only a matter of how you see them looking at you. It's not how they actually see you. Right. I mean, there's a, some very rare instances that, yeah, people do want to victimize people. Right. And there's a lot of people, especially those with social anxiety, those with mental disorder, those with just had a bad lot in life that they take on victim mentality quite easily. And victim mentality is simply holding on to fear instead of on to faith. Right. It's holding on to, oh, I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. Why should I bother? Oh, every, it's all owed to me. And actually, it's not. The only thing God has owed you is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's be real. God literally formed you in your mother's womb. And way, way before then, he formed dirt and mud and breathed life. And we had Adam. Right. Okay. So God said, hey, let's do this. And he did it. Yeah. And, and it's all through the grace of God that we get to do what we get to do with living out our purpose here on the earth. Oh, yeah. but. And again, people like to think, oh, nobody thinks of me. Nobody cares about me. Okay. You can say that about the whole world. If you have breath in your lungs, God is thinking of you. Every single breath. Mm -hmm. Every single breath in your lung. Breathe in, breathe out. Yep. That is God. Every single time. You know how we know that? Because even medical science, they can't figure out for anything how humans breathe. They can't figure out how the diaphragm goes up and down, how it moves. Even though we've had it for all these years, whether you're an evolutionist who believes it's millions of years of evolution, right. or you're a pure creationist who only thinks the world is 6,000 years old. Again, I'm not here to argue that one because I think it's fun on either side of that discussion. Right. But the musculature, it should not function that way. Right. But it's, it's just an automatic reaction to, our, to us. Right. And they, we don't know why. Science still has not figured out why. They try to explain it. There's um, hour-long videos from scientists trying to explain it all but they can't come up with a simple conclusion. The simple conclusion, thankfully, in our Christian faith is God. God breathed in us. Every breath in our lungs is God's breath. So if you think that you're alone, you think you're nothing, well, that's only your perspective. But from the perspective of God, the creator of the universe, everything known and unknown to mankind, you are important. You are loved, my friend. You are loved. Speaking of you are loved, I definitely want to go back and tie around um, how there are churches out there 
that are showing and sharing the love of Christ to those with special needs. So there's this memory that just that just popped up in my mind. There's this guy, um, I'm going to name him Bob, and he's known to have special needs. And I would see him in the sanctuary, and he's just walking around, he's a little bit uncoordinated, not sure where to go. And then this amazing guy named Jeremiah, his Jeremiah, I believe, will be okay with me sharing his name out there. Jeremiah, well-known, popular guy at my church. He went ahead and just walked over to this guy named Bob and just said, hey, man, like, hey, like, I'm." and he helped um, Bob. They went ahead and did praise and worship together. They had a great time. Jeremiah was a friend to Bob that, that day, and I think he's still being there for Bob. And I've heard great testimonies of people like Jeremiah out there sharing the love of Christ to people like Bob and helping them to have a buddy. Michael and I, we, there was a time where, and you guys have seen videos of him where we've helped out Joshua. Joshua is known to have autism, but by Christ's stripes, I believe more and more that Joshua's going to experience God's healing in Joshua's life. And the thing is, it's all about learning to be a buddy, learning to be right there through the love of Christ, because the love of Christ, he moves, don't get me wrong, the spirit moves, but he moves through people. I always had this idea that, oh, well, God can reveal himself to this person. But the way how God moves sometimes is through, not through, not sometimes, mostly, actually, if anything, a lot of times is through people, through people like Michael and I, through people, he even moves through the special needs community. There are times where people... That, this, that students have came up to me and God has used them to minister to me. So God uses people like you out there that may feel like a victim that, or may feel like a victorious person. God uses people like you to help us to see who we are made to be. Whether you're a Christian or not, this applies. Without faith, an idea, an opportunity, without works, you putting your hand to the plow is dead. So if you get an idea, great, awesome, hallelujah. Are you just on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, just screaming and complaining and griping and showing off how fanciful you are and how amazing you are? Or are you actually going out there and doing something and showing the ne person next to you how amazing they are? Come on, come on. You better. And like, with, and like with our little buddy Joshua, honestly, I you told me before we talked to him that he was special needs and all that. I'm like, cool, great, awesome, whatever. He's a kid. I look at him as a kid. I look at most people as who they are rather than what they've been diagnosed. Right. Now, if something comes up where it's like, okay, that's some odd behavior, then that's something to be addressed, not to be dealt with. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I like, you know? Wait, t tell me a little bit more about the difference between addressing something and just dealing with something. Well, dealing with it is like, okay, here's my idea imposed on you. Mm-mm. While addressing it is okay, is like, okay, pause, time out. What do you mean? What are you doing? Okay, that wasn't my plan, but I can see how that works. So let's work with that. Right, right. Whew, man. Um, honestly, I just thought the kid was, was, a, was a cool little goofball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, he's a, good, he's a good kid. He's got 
Uh, yeah, he's got some issues that are probably not obvious to everybody and probably are obvious to others. Um, but he didn't let it slow him down. Like, yeah, there was a few moments he got a little down on himself. And I was, you and I were both kind of pushing, like, look, just because you're not making a basket doesn't mean anything. Right, right. You know, you're out here, you're trying, you're having fun. Yeah. That's all that matters. Exactly, man. So, to the doctors, to the mothers, to politicians, whatever. You're complaining about a lot of stuff. You're concerned about a lot of things, which is great, and it's your role. However, what are you doing? Mm. Are you going to let an issue that needs to be addressed just sit and rot in front of you for days, weeks, months, years even? Or are you going to say, you know what? We have to come up with a plan. And not just come up with a plan, but actually do something in the meantime. Yes. Yes. You know, because it all starts at home. Mm. Like, what are you doing at home? Teachers, same thing. You see a kid's who kid doesn't know his ABCs. So you sit down with them. A, B, C, B, one, two, three, and beyond. Mm. You grow that child from where they're at. Right. Not from looking at the big goal and saying, Okay, he's gonna graduate. But he has to learn all this stuff. I expect him to know it now. No. That's just not going to happen. Right, right. So you got to start with the basics. Amen, amen. You know, in, in the special needs community, the basics, for lack of a better term, look a little bit more basic. Come on. But again, sometimes that's more ministry to ourselves. Right. Going into the special needs community, we can't expect someone who is severely autistic to know how to engineer a plane. What matters is that we main that we keep our focus on God first. Yes. That we keep it focused on the simplicity of God. And the simplicity and the vast complexity of God is faith. That we hold on to him. We hold on to his truth. We hold on to his word. And in another regard that a lot of people will better understand be true to yourself you know a lot of unfortunately a lot of people have that mentality of being true to yourself and if you forget who you are you'll forget everything you'll lose focus you'll lose everything so going back to them losing their first love uh, comes to our last question how do you handle miscommunication when it comes to women Woo. Uh, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we both had issues with different women, both good and bad. Um, some manipulated on both of us. <laughs> but a miscommunication with a woman can be a dangerous thing. It could be a great thing. Because what it really comes down to it, especially if you, if it's a, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to probably get some hate for this one, but are you having a miscommunication with a woman or are you having a miscommunication with a girl? Oh. And I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about maturity. Okay. So just to clarify that little girl is all about the sparkly and I need it now. And if it's not my way, it's nothing. Mm. Woman, she has grown. She's mature. She knows what she wants. She's, Pursuing something real. You have a miscommunication with a girl. 
you're probably not going to get any real resolution. You have a miscommunication with a woman, you have an opportunity for resolution, not a guarantee. But again, that comes to you as a man, being a man that's mature and strong and ready to work on things, or being a little boy who just wants to go play with his trucks and Legos. So, <laughs> miscommunication with a woman all depends if you're a man or a boy. Um, and it's about, okay, uh, we're good. We're going to end right there. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next time on whole creations. Michael, thank you so much for a great time. Yeah. See you guys.